Dear founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, please make sure to take out your phone, scroll to the bottom, and leave a five-star rating or a review so that others can benefit from all of the amazing stories here. I would so appreciate it, and I know that those who haven't found us yet will too. On today's episode is a guest that I basically lived parallel lives with for many years. While I hosted events for the expectant moms in Chicago, she was hosting events for the singles of Chicago. It's almost crazy that our paths didn't cross until recently. When I was trying to decide when and if I wanted to leave my first company, I sought out Jessica Zweig for her advice. She had been through it before me, and I wanted to know what she had to say about leaving a company and a brand where she was the face and really the brand was her. So through a mutual friend, we connected, and I will tell you this. I will never, ever forget the advice and support that Jessica gave me during a time when many of those in my life just didn't understand what I was going through. Jessica is not only an incredible business person and a branding expert, she's an amazing human being and one who never forgets where she came from and one who never forgets to share just the best advice straight from her heart. I'm honored to have Jessica Zweig here on Dear Founder. And I cannot wait for you to hear not only her story, but she has so many amazing tips that we're about to share with you for your own personal branding. So please come on in and meet my friend, Jessica Zweig. All right. Today on Dear Founder, I have a very, very special guest. Um, And before I introduce you to her, you just heard me read off her accolades and talk all about her, but she is an award-winning entrepreneur. She is the founder of Simply Be, which is a personal branding agency. She's a podcast host. She's a best-selling author. And I want to just take it back for a minute. And she doesn't even know that I'm going to say this right now. But um, my guest today, Jessica Zweig, is a founder times two. And her first company that she founded, Cheeky Chicago, she founded around the same time that I founded my first company, Bump Club and Beyond. And we really kind of led parallel lives, hosting events for these different demographics in the city of Chicago. And we didn't know each other at the time. And then kind of cheeky went away and I wasn't single. So I didn't really know. And I I didn't really pay attention to what was going on. And I remember very, very vividly having an issue with my Apple computer one day. And I was sitting at the Mac store on North and Clybourne and Jessica was sitting next to me and we were both in distress. And so I didn't want to bother her. Why else are you there? I didn't want to bother her. And I also knew from her Instagram that she was like, I think about to get married, but At the time, I remember thinking to myself, oh, there's that girl from Cheeky Chicago. Like, what the hell happened to Cheeky Chicago? And, you know, here here I am thinking about this and thinking about where Jessica Zweig is today. And it is leaps and bounds. So, Jessica, welcome to Dear Founder. Congratulations on all your success. 
Oh, girl, I'd say the same thing about you. Congrats to you on this podcast, on your leaps and bounds as well. And I am so honored that you asked me to be a guest on your show. That is so true and funny. I remember that vividly. I remember when Bump Club launched and we were, you know, doing our thing and we had, you know, concentric circles of communities because you were women, but moms and I was women, but singles. And, you know, that was my real life MBA, you know, truly those seven years I made all of my mistakes and it was a school of hard knocks. And a lot of beautiful things came from that too. You know, I mean, I went to school for theater and graduated college with an acting degree and knew how to wait tables and temp and babysit. Like that's, you know, I'm not to underestimate my, my education, but I was certainly not in any shape or form going to become a digital entrepreneur that really came about years later organically at the dawn of social media in 2008. And I had a business partner at the time and well, we, we were fast friends and then we joined forces to start a, an idea really what, what was cheeky Chicago it was an online girl's guide to the city. And what became, what started as an idea became the largest online platform for millennial women in the city of Chicago that we grew to a mass audience of over a hundred thousand readers. You know, at the time that was a ton of, of people uh, all hyper local and, you know, to the Midwest. And we were on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram was not even a thing back then. And we were kind of the original food and fashion blog, if you will, but we were ex- extended. We did a ton of events. We covered a ton of content. We published 35 articles a week. And I was, you know, the boss, the manager, the founder, the co-founder, the head of sales, you know, and my partner did like the content. And so, you know, it was such a beautiful chapter of my life and also probably one of the most painful. I learned a whole new set of skills. I realized my passion wasn't acting, but being an entrepreneur, I've always loved to write. I mean, I wrote a book and I got to use all those skills inside that magazine and really be, being a leader and being a creative in the world of marketing and brand and social, which is in its own right an art. And, and so I, I cut my teeth on that. I learned so much. I worked with some of the biggest brands in the world for seven years. I mean, Nike and Coca-Cola and Miller Coors were our clients among hundreds of other Fortune 500s. And I was 27 and I was sitting in boardrooms with executives from those brands. And they were looking at me to tell them how to connect with community online. It, and, and also I was learning from them. And so all of those beautiful things came about, but we struggled. We struggled financially. We struggled uh, from a communication standpoint. We didn't really know how to run a business. It was, it got kind of messy. And at the, at the end you know, of that seven-year chapter, it was really me who decided to walk away. Not because I was trying to avoid a mess, frankly. I mean, we had credit card debt. There was like stuff we had to clean up and that I tried my best to do, frankly. But that was a clear, it was a clear moment, Linz, where I knew in my soul like I needed a shift. And when you create a business that is so intrinsically connected to you, which if you're an entrepreneur, it always is to say i want to walk away from this is is equivalent to saying to yourself i'm going to i'm going to cut off my right foot right now <laughs> like it just doesn't equate cuz you're so connected but yet i had to follow the call of my soul after 7 years i was super burnt out i was 
physically unhealthy. I was experiencing massive anxiety and depression. I had, tr- we, we had tried, I shouldn't say I just tried. We had tried in every capacity that we, we knew how to do at the time to scale it, to exit it, to get it acquired, to grow it. And we just, we couldn't get there. And I had, I, I had a time limit and I was transparent about that with my business partner at the time. And we didn't hit it. And I couldn't sacrifice the calling of my own soul to just hang on to something that just wasn't working. And I, I had outgrown it. And so I hired a life coach, hired a really good attorney <laughs> and you know, followed my gut. And was it an unpopular opinion at the time to my then partner? Yeah. But I had to follow my truth and it's led me to places I didn't even imagine it would. So I love, I love that you share that. You know, I can relate to it wholeheartedly. I mean, when you exit a brand that is essentially you, it is really, really hard. And there is a mourning period. But you said something else that I wholeheartedly agree with. And that is that this was your MBA for what was next. And that too is something I wholeheartedly believe in. And I I mean, I believe that every experience from Bump Club led me to where I am today. And I know you feel the same way. So I I want I remember the day that I saw you at the Apple store. And I remember I looked up your Instagram after because I was like, what's this girl up to now? And I remember there being some of the yellow and the black already on your Instagram. So clearly you had shifted over. I mean, I, yeah. I have a very good memory, just so you know it's not it's I, I love it. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> like stalkerish. I just, I very vividly remember. Um, and so, you know, I, I would love for you to kind of explain that shift because you have an incredible agency and we're going to get into that, but what happened? I mean, after you left, how did you make that shift? And this is something that I came to you for advice on when I was leaving bump club and beyond. And I will never forget the advice that you gave me and also the support that you gave me. So thank you. Um, but I think that it's such an amazing lesson on that pivot and what needs to happen. Totally. Amazing. So I started to get little, you know, pings on, on an emotional, spiritual side. I was sort of listening to the whispers of, you know, before they became screams that something was out of alignment. Right. But I was committed. You know, that was my business. That was my baby, my life. And then towards if Cheeky would say like seven years towards the final two by year five, five and a half, something really strange started to happen. I started to get inbound leads, solicitations from people, companies, other you know brands wanting to, to tap my brain and pay me for it. That's called consulting. And I was like, wow, people really trust my opinion. They want to hire me to help them with their brand based on what I've done with mine. That's that's interesting. That's a little, that's quite lucrative. This is fun. This is inspiring. This is stimulating. So I had a couple um side hustle clients. Frankly, we weren't making much money at at Cheeky. I, you know, that my salary was I was broke at the end of that whole chapter, right? So I had to survive somehow. And so I got this idea. It was very loose, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, a strategy or even a business or a product that I could go out and consult and help people. If I were to step away from Cheeky, I wanted to keep it simple. I, I wanted a 1099 myself, if you will, and eat what I killed and, you know, get paid on contract to help companies that needed support with marketing and branding. 
And so that was kind of all I had. That was the only sense of clarity and focus I had, which was not much. So the only clarity I did have was that I got to leave Cheeky and go off on my own and start my next thing. That was that was in my gut and my soul. So what I decided to do was once I formally and you know parted ways with my partner, I started a new email, simply Jessica at simplybeagency.com. I named the business after the little tattoo on my wrist, Simply B. And I sent out an email to my network. I BCC'd literally 150 people. I still have that email on file. And it was a very loving note announcing that I was leaving Cheeky, which I knew was going to be shocking to people. No one really knew what was happening behind the surface. And that I was effectively... And if you needed any other information about Cheeky, go to my, my former business partner. And I am now open for business. If you need help marketing and branding consulting, that's what really what I called it. Like, Give me a call. And I, I'm not exaggerating. Within one month, I was making $25,000 in a month in retainer. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, Not only was that wonderful because I was broke, but... I realized that I had an asset called my personal brand. Like that wasn't cheeky was not the brand I was. And I didn't even realize that. And there was a level of perception in the marketplace of my value that I had unconsciously been telling simply by being the founder of a company that had some critical success on the outside. And I was like, well, shit, I didn't even mean to do this. So what would what would happen if I got really clear and really intentional and started to leverage this thing called my own personal brand? And that's when things really started to take off. And those first few years, I mean, I took a bird walk and worked for a corporate company. One of those clients that put me on retainer ended up hiring, offering me a job three months later. And I took it for financial security. My husband was going through his own job change. They offered me a fat six-figure salary with a you know expense card and benefits. And I was like, well, this is new. I'd never worked for corporate America in my whole life. Took a bird walk for two years, learned a lot, realized I'm not ever going to work for corporate America again. But I, I learned a lot of skills and vernacular and then decided to really go all in on Simply Be 2.0 is what I call it in like 2016. And ever since that, because I had the clarity that real life MBA all the mistakes that I made from leadership to finance, to operations, to you know, vision, all of it. I applied those mistakes I learned in Cheeky in Simply Be with a, with a little bit of this corporate mentality I had gained from working in corporate America. And Simply Be has... I mean, it's really been a rocket ship. I mean, we've grown anywhere from 60% to 300% year over year for the last five and a half years. It's been crazy. And it's... And it's, and it's not like glamorous. It has, you know, it's when you grow fast, things break and it's just, you know, that's startup life. But I only share that to say that the seedling, the day that I started this whole freaking thing, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I really, all I knew was that I needed to do it. And I followed that. So I know that People who are listening right now, first of all, can you guys understand why I adore Jessica so much? <laughs> Our stories are so similar. Like, forget, I mean, even after you leaving and me leaving, like, Jessica, you just touched on so many themes that I talk about here all the time, which is, you know, utilizing your own personal brand, obviously, taking an idea and running with it, 
and starting with an email to everyone you know. And I think that that is oftentimes a step that is missed. We talk about that here a lot, but thank you for solidifying something that I say always because that is and can be the backbone of your business. And it's so funny that you say, I still have that email. I still have my email, both from Bump Club and from Lindsay Pinchuk Marketing and, Cons- and Consulting. So, so thank you for saying that. Yeah, no, I, I so appreciate that. Um, I want you to tell our listeners, just give us a, a picture of where Simply Be is today. Because I so, want them to understand, like, yes, you talk about the growth, but like, let's talk about like how many employees you have, clients. I just, I want people to understand the magnitude of what you've created before we kind of dive back into it. So today, Simply Be is 27 full-time people. We have two sides of the business. We have the billable side and the non-billable side. The billable side is the agency. So we have a GM. We have four departments, head of creative, uh, creative department, content department, PR department, client experience department, a whole suite of junior and associate folks under each of those departments that service the execution of the work. And then on the non-billable side is my head of sales, head of marketing, COO, CFO, executive assistant, office manager. We just opened up a second location in Nashville. Um, So now we have two offices and we're growing that market. We work with at any given month, uh, 40 to 50 clients. They're all in different phases, project to retainer. Majority of our clients are multinational companies, Fortune 500s. We work with Pinterest, Salesforce, Google, Beam Centauri, Motorola, uh, in, in workshop training capacities. But then on the agency side, we serve those individuals at those companies and all different types of companies to really help build thought leadership through personal platforms. So brand identity, brand strategy, and brand management. So we're a very multifaceted business. Um, we have, you know, I, I wrote a, a book last year that shared our trademark methodology with with the masses, but that's really what the foundation of our approach is based on is these trademark methods of how do you brand people because people are complicated and the digital space is very noisy. And so how do you cut through the noise with clarity as a person because branding is an exercise in clarity without sacrificing authenticity and depth. And that's really simply magic is really drawing out that authentic human story very quickly and clearly uh, on behalf of our clients because our clients aren't products, they're people. So that gives you kind of a wide scape landscape of the of the business and the company today. But it's kind of crazy. I mean, it started what I say simply be 2.0 in 2016, five and a half years ago. And it was just me again, like solopreneur. And so the fact that I have almost 30 employees five and a half years later, we've worked holistically with I think close to 300 clients. Is kind of bananas. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. Congratulations. Congratulations. You should be so proud of yourself. And I know I've said that so many times, but I I mean it. Um, One of the things that I want you to touch upon is what happens when you extract that personal brand? Because that is something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs, female founders, solopreneurs, especially kind of let that fall by the wayside. And they focus on like their trade or their craft or their expertise, but not necessarily their personal brand. And you just said it, our brands are people. And you and I both know that people want to connect with people, not brands and the brands come next. And so 
tell us a little bit about that, that process and what happens when someone really focuses on their personal brand. I love this question. Yes. And we are so aligned. Like I, I say, people do business with people. That's my mantra. And people are more innately interesting than people. When a brand message is shared by a person versus the company sharing that brand message, it gets 561% more engagement than if the... Com- that's just that. That's one of my favorite statistics. It just shows the power lies in the people and that brands are trying to be people, not the other way around. Because the point of a brand is to evoke emotional affinity and no one can do that like a person, right? So all that being said, it really comes down to objective, right? I think that if you're craft or you're, you're, you're the founder and face behind the business, great. Your business should have a brand and it should have its own marketing strategy. But you as the founder of that brand is has its own unique story to tell in the ecosystem of your communication strategy. So you should be thinking about your LinkedIn. You should be thinking about your personal Instagram. You should be thinking about getting yourself out on podcasts. It doesn't necessarily have to be the main channel. It can be, and I'll talk about that next. But you're leaving a lot on the table if you don't consider how your personal brand story fits into the brand story. They're just if you think about the Soul Cycle founders or Pyle Kadakia from ClassPass or you know Jacqueline Johnson from Create and Cultivate, like their brands took precedent, but they never forgot about themselves. And now they have a multitude of opportunities for the rest of their lives, frankly, um, because they never took themselves out of the equation. And I just I think it's that's so inspiring and such a testament that you can actually do both. Now, if you're someone like Lindsay, who is the business and the brand, you have to think about your personal brand. That should be the entire holistic strategy of your social, your newsletter, of how you've optimized your website to you having this podcast. It's all storytelling, marketing, brand affinity creation, a brand awareness, and you being the person, again, are going to be intrinsically more compelling than you know the thing you sell. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. I love that you say this because um, I have a client who um, she's a nine-figure brand. She she her brand is her namesake, and um, we've been going back and forth a lot because she's nowhere on on any of the on any of the the marketing and the social media. And you know, her social media came to be 
before, like her brand came to be before social media, just like our initial brands. And so um, that has been something we're working on. And you can see the results when you start putting a face out there and like, who is this person? Who is this name? You know, and it's, it's so important. And so I love that you share that and you say that, and that that's what you do because it is oftentimes forgotten. I really love that you bring this point up. If I just may respond to that, because I'm sure there are people who are listening who are like, well, damn, I hate putting myself out there. I am an introvert. I'm a really private person. I don't want to come off being like all about myself. I mean, these are the things I hear all the time, literally every day. And I respect that. You know, it not that this isn't a do or die or, you you know, it has to be a personal choice that you need to align to. You might be uncomfortable, but you got to align to it. And I'm very spiritual, as you know, and um, I talk about this in my book too, but I really, you know, I'm I'm more of an extrovert and I'm more comfortable putting myself out there. So I speak with that bias for, you know, for whatever it's worth, but we all have a unique reason for being here, you know, and your product and your business can be manifestations and expressions of that reason for being. But at the end of the day, we, we touch people by touching people. And if you don't, if you're not willing to be seen, you know, you're, you might, you might not even know the impact you could personally make by taking that very uncomfortable step. Most of my clients are here with us because their CMO told them they should, right? I have very adverse CEO, CEOs who are like, I don't really care about social media, but I'm, I know I gotta. And then they get a little taste of that response from that community. And they're like, okay, I get it. And it's not about ego. It's about, wow, there's an impact here. What I say is helping people. What I'm saying is it matters to people. And so that is just, you know, word to the word to the wise. If you're feeling like really resistant to this conversation right now, you don't know what might be on the other side of it. You know, how would you recommend someone who is uncomfortable with it express that? Because that is something that I also get from clients like the one I just shared, as well as many others. You know, I, same thing. I don't want to put my face on Instagram and you know, I do that and and I'm comfortable, but I've always done that. Just I I, you know, I I grew up alongside social media. It's just been part of my ethos in terms of my brand. But what do you tell clients when they are adverse to that? And what are some alternatives that you give? Well, I often start when we work with our clients, the first 30 to 60 days is all about brand identity development, right? It's all about really focusing on, yes, the strategy, like the tactical roadmap. But the first part is the brand, right? What's your story? Who's your audience? What are you really here to say? What, you know, what's your why? And a whole bunch of other nuances. And that work, when we reflect that work back to the client, they're like, oh, wow, I want to say that. So you might not hire Simply Be or you might not hire Lindsay, but what you could do is you could take a page from my book. Literally, there's an exercise in my book. It's one of the first chapters where I ask the reader to identify three to five people in their life, ideally a mix of professional and personal relationships and ask them all the same question, which is what is my unique intrinsic value and have them respond via writing, text, email, doesn't matter. But that reflection, when you get that feedback from people who love you, who see you for who you are and articulate it in a way that you would never for yourself, it gives you this 
yeah, this boost of confidence. It gives you this sense of like empowerment. It's illuminating. And so even if you just did that as a first step, you would be, you'd be a leap forward. You really would be. I think it infuses people with clarity of who they are and why they matter. And then testing some content, seeing what that, you know, first post about something, you know, human happening to you, a photo of yourself, like see how it responds how it responds. And I, and I would say that the more that that piece of content comes from your heart, not your agenda, your heart, the better of response it will get. It's just, it's just the way it works. And I, I don't want to guarantee anything, but I would assume that it would motivate this person listening to, to try it again, to do, to do something, to keep going. And so that's really step steps one and two. That's what I well, would. And that's also why, I mean, when I post something about me and my personal life, that those posts do the best. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and, and, and I tell my clients that, and you tell your clients that, but you just said something really interesting. You said, test some content. And that is so important because it is a test. It's a trial and error. And you and I both know that not everything is going to work. Not everything's going to be so well received, but it's okay. Yeah. So what would your advice be about that? Because I think that so many people are afraid to like put it out there and to test it, but like, just, I'm always like, just do it. Just like fucking do it. You know, like it's, Okay. So what we're talking about is giving zero less and less fucks what people think of you, Yeah, honestly. Right. Like that's yeah. really the game. And I have this, another quote from my book, this section called your vibe attracts your tribe. And it's very, it's like a fun quote, but it's really a marketing term in my view. And it's like your vibration, which is who you are authentically being unapologetically. We're all energy vibration, like attracts, like things repel. And so the more you put yourself out there as, as, as you test content, you're going to, and, and you infuse that authenticity and heart into it, you're going to start to really, two, two things start to happen. You magnetize and you repel. I, I have found the more authentic I am, the more authentic I encourage my clients to be, the more they're resonating with their people, their right people, not every single person. You don't need every single person in the world to follow you to make a million dollars anymore. You don't. You just need your right people or millions of dollars. Like it's real. That's your even aim. It's really about testing and learning what feels in alignment to you, what's resonating. And I, I think the market will, will show you, you know, who, who, is, who is your content truly for if you stay the course. And of course, ideate, pivot try things out, but the consistency in being yourself and showing up is really where you will see those results in engagement and true community building and return. And so I, I can't say enough about just giving less fucks and it's scary. I've, I've had darts and trolls. I've shit thrown at me. For sure. No matter how big your social media is, you're always going to have that and you're always going to have a target, especially if you put yourself out there. Yep. And you just have to know that that's par for the course. So I actually want to dial it back for a second because something that you said at the top of the conversation um, that really is a principle that you've woven throughout both of your endeavors is that it all started with an idea. And every entrepreneur, every female founder has an idea. I mean, that's what it what it is, right? 
So what is your advice to someone who has an idea and they're kind of like stuck with what to do with the idea? You know, I mean, it's like we all have ideas, but how do you like take this idea and turn it into a consultancy and then an agency? Because it all started with an idea. Yeah. I love this question. I have so many things to say about it. So the, the, one of my absolute favorite, most vivid moments in my career was, um, I had a, my, my former business partner and I from Cheeky, we came up with the idea. We went to her apartment for an entire day and we sketched out the whole magazine. It was, you know, going to have these five sections. It was going to have this little heart logo. It was going to be these colors. This was going to be our audience. You know, these are the the events we were going to throw. And anyway, so we had lunch with my father out in Northbrook. Okay. We like met up in the burbs because I was like, I'm going to start a business dad and I can't wait to tell you about it. And we went out to to lunch with my dad. I'll never forget this. We presented to him all of these like wireframes we had sketched and like this whole concept. And he looked at me and he was like, Jessica, what you have here is an idea. It's not a business. And you need to write a business plan. And I was like 26. I was like, what's a business plan? <laughs> so I Googled business plan. This is my, my whole MBA was gotten school of hard knocks and on Google. Yeah. For the record. You have and, to use Google. <laughs> yes. And I, I figured out what a business plan was and I wrote it. It really taught me the exercise of, you know, vision operations, people, marketing, finance, and sales. Like a, a, an idea from taking an idea to a business requires it to make money, right? And, and for it to function like an operation. And lots of different pieces go into that. So I will say that that was one of my biggest junctures of really realizing, wow, you have to put pen to paper and and really think differently about your idea, probably in a way that hurts your brain a little bit if you've never done it before. But what I did do on the dawn of, of Simply Be, because I had all those lessons that I knew I was going to apply, but I, I didn't want to have to sit down and write another 90-page business plan again because I had done that. And I talk about this book all the time, but this book changed my life. And it I really believe it's been a huge secret sauce to my success at Simply Be. I read the book Traction by Gino Wickman. And Gino Wickman has created and trademarked what's called the EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And it's a, I read that book in two days. And it was this simplified look at building a business plan. And it's six spokes of a wheel, essentially. Every business must have vision, right people, right seats, understand its data, understand how to build process, deal with issues, and create traction. And I think that was the six. And I just took that methodology and I've applied it to my entire growth strategy. We review all six of those things every 90 days in our quarterly offsites. We follow the method. And that's really how it went from consultancy to agency because we just kept growing and clients kept coming. And I had to continue to iterate the infrastructure to support it. But the idea was still to, you know, be love, light, authenticity with a bright dose of yellow and help people get online with clarity and empowerment, right? Like that's never changed. So that's, yeah, that's, it, it's really a, I think a, a lot of science and strategy and you got to slow down to speed up sometimes, but that's what it takes. At least that's what it took for me. So something else that you said that I think is really important to touch upon is that you didn't realize when you went from cheeky to 
starting Simply Be, you didn't realize that you had been building something this whole time and that was your personal brand. And obviously that personal brand led to Simply Be. You are a personal branding agency. You are like the queen of personal branding. But you have your own personal brand and you are not just Simply Be. And so I'd love for you to kind of share with everyone how you've taken your own techniques and your own strategies and expanded your personal brand into these all of these different platforms, like your podcast and your book and kind of how you decide what to do when and why. Yes. That's an amazing question and very layered and happening in real time, frankly. I mean, it all so, because it always happens in real time. It's never ending. You're constantly cultivating mm-hmm. your personal brand. Yes. So I started this business five and a half years ago, like I said, on the premise of my brand, my network, right? And I was a solopreneur, one woman shop. And then the clients kept coming from that. And then I was like, okay, I need, I need, their clients are asking me for more work and I need a freelancer or two to help me. And then, you know, by year two, I had five full time people and it just kind of kept growing until this full service agency now. And along the way, Jessica's Wig is Simply B has actually become somewhat of a business risk because when you, when you hire Simply B, you don't necessarily work with me, you work with my team. At the, I mean, at this stage, it's not sustainable. And that was a, I have an amazing, you might know her, Amy Schuster. She's my COO. She's my fractional COO. Uh, we have mutual friends. I'm, I know it, but she, she's amazing. She's changed my whole damn life. And she came and she worked with me for the first four weeks. She's been here for almost two years now. And she was like, you have four issues in your business. They all start with the letter P profitability, people, um, products and perception. And she was really here to help me kind of optimize, get it to the next level right after my book launch. And she's like perception being like a long game because people think that you are simply B. And it's funny because I teach the power of personal branding. And here I am sort of reconciling, like, how do I actually unweave myself from the brand of simply B for simply B to live without me and to stand alone and like that's what I meant when I said this is a real time thing we are talking about and figuring it out. And I think that it's starting to happen. I think that people see me very differently and kind of uniquely. I mean, I am like super woo, <laughs> like want to flex that, like fly that flag really hardcore. And I'm very like I will one day, but like I'm being more intentional about the things that I share. I don't share. We actually just brought on a co-host of my podcast, Brian, from my agency, so that the podcast, we changed the artwork. It's no longer a picture of me. It's the Simply Be logo. So we're really making it... We rebranded our entire website. There's one picture of me on the website, a little tiny photo next to my entire team of me, unlike the previous websites where it was me everywhere. So these are the things that we have you know, consciously done to ensure that the business is set up for success, future state. With to live and fly wherever I go or however I relate to the business in time. And that Jessica's platform still has relevancy and it's cultivating her own audience simultaneously. And that's a dance, you know, it's a it's a dance, but we're we're in it. Well, but it's so important too, because I mean, your personal brand is what created Simply Be. It's what got the agency to where it is now. But to your point, it isn't sustainable. You can't be everywhere. And I think that that is a really powerful thing to recognize um, because a lot of entrepreneurs get into a place where the brand cannot sustain without them. And they are like, fuck, like, what do I do? Because I can't, I can't leave or I can't do something else or there's no one to back me up. And you have taken what you learned the first time around and have now applied that and built something that 
not to say you're going anywhere. That's not what I'm implying, but that simply be can be without you there all the time and that you can focus on things that you want to do for yourself, for your personal brand. And that's important. It is important. And I think we shouldn't feel bad about that. And I think like one of the best pieces of advice I got when I was actually running Cheeky from my one of my mentors, Tony Wilkins, shout out. He said to me, Jessica, you're not, um, you're not a business owner. He's like, you're a shopkeeper. A shopkeeper has to be there every single day to turn on the lights, to open and unlock the doors, to shut it down at the end of the night, lock up the door. A, a business owner can go to Fiji. I'll never forget this. And his business will still run without him. And I was a shopkeeper at, at Cheeky. And I, and even though I started small and I was only one person five and a half years ago, I was always clear. I was like, I want to be a business owner. I want to create a business that can scale and sustain itself without me needing to be in everything. And that took some risk of investing in my first hire and delegating things that I like to control. I mean, it's a constant evolution, but I had that clarity from the beginning of this whole business simply be, and that's what I've been striving for. Now, do I get pulled into the weeds uh, and do clients want me? And do I have to put out only certain fires only I can? Yes. But it's, it's definitely different and it's far more intentional this time. So I want you to think about yourself back when you were, had your idea, Cheeky, this is my last question. And this is what I ask everyone at the end. What would you tell someone who's in those shoes right now? What are three actionable things that you would tell someone who is like, I want to start that business or I I started and oh God, like I hit a road bump and like a, a speed bump and like now I don't know what to do. What would you say? Oh my gosh. So, so to Cheeky, that, that version well, of that to, girl? To the person who's starting out. Yes. Okay. First thing that I would say is my first thought went to money, right? And getting get, hiring a really good accountant, somebody or a, and a strong, solid bookkeeper. You know, if, even if money is your passion and you're good at it, which I wasn't, you're Me you're so you know. I mean, literally, I told myself my whole life I was bad at money, and I was. And then I went broke, and I had to change my narrative. And when I started Simply Be, I was like, I'm going to hire not only an amazing accountant, but I'm going to tell myself I'm good at this and I've got this and I want to learn. And so, I mean, I went into credit card debt. Like there was, I made a bunch of really bad mistakes from a financial perspective and a business is a business only if it makes money, right? So getting your finances in order, feeling confident around money, hiring support to help you run it, optimize it, manage it, you know, safeguard it, all of that back office kind of stuff because you really shouldn't be dealing with that if you're the face, the founder. You you really should outsource that with someone you trust. But also don't be super dis, don't displace it. Be engaged. Know your numbers. Like to me, that is advice number one. Mm-hmm. I think advice number two is, you know, people want you to win. Like when you walk into a room and you're nervous, and you're about to pitch, you're about to speak, you're about to sell. No, everyone in the in the world is is just figuring figuring out as we go. There's no one person that's smarter, better, or you know, I will I've demystified myself thousands of times by walking into big corporate environments with patriarchy, thinking that I am this big and they're this bit like, and they they are just people, and they're they they're they're going through their own journey and they they want to they're I'm there for a reason because they want to learn and get better because of what I've got to offer them. 
And that really just debunks this whole imposter syndrome thing. Like I, one of my best conversations moments was I, I walked into a client meeting. This was years ago when I first started Simply Be. He's a technologist in rail railroads. And he, we, we, we were there to introduce each other's companies and he went first and he talked for 20 minutes. And the whole time he's talking about what he does, I was sweating and about to barf because I was like, what am I doing in this room? This guy is so fucking smart. I, I don't belong here. And then he was like, so tell me about you. And I just started to tell him about me. And the more I talked, the more he leaned in, the more his eyes widened, the more he was fascinated. He was like, wow, this, he, he didn't know anything about what I did. And he was so impressed and inspired by it. And that was my aha moment. I was like, I'm never going to know what this guy knows, but he's never going to know what I know. And, and so that's advice number two. And then I think that there's real power. I mean, I'm sure that this is a no-brainer, but power in, um, well... I was going to say mentorship, but really it's just putting really good people around you, period. Like whether it's a business partner, whether that's a client, whether that's an assistant, whether that's a mentor, advisory board, you you want to find people who are in alignment with you. You feel it in your gut, who are team Lindsay, who are team Jessica. Like you got to find those people. And if you have that, and it doesn't have to be a huge group of people, it could just be two or three. But if you have those people who have your back, who are going to lift you up, call you out, you know, but support you in every step of the way, you won't, you won't fail. You just won't, I mean, you will sidebar, (laughs) but you will, you will get through it and you will thrive. And that to me is like the name of the game is having the right people around you. Jessica Zweig, founder of Simply Be Agency. Thank you so much for being on Dear Founder, for your support, for your knowledge, for your wisdom. And I mean it when I say I truly, truly, truly will never forget the advice that you gave me when I was making my decision to cut the cord. And um, I will forever be grateful for that. So thank you. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for having me on your show. I admire you. I think you're a total badass. When you reached out to me wanting my advice, I was so honored. I'm so proud of you. Like, thank you. Like, truly. This is just the beginning. I have a mantra. It's called sky is the beginning. There are no limits. And you are just a queen. And I, I'm so, Thank you so excited much. to watch you to watch you grow as well. Thank you. I can't wait to share your story. The takeaways from today's episode are almost too many to name, but I've picked out a few that I think are the best and you need to take out your pen and paper and write them down because There is literally not a founder out there who wouldn't benefit from these tips and this advice from Jessica Zweig. Number one, every experience in your career leads you to do what's next. Don't count anything out. Number two, when you are leaving and or starting something new, tell your network, let them know. Number three, people do business with people. When a brand message is shared by a person, it gets 561% more engagement than if just a brand shared it. Number four, your business should have its own marketing strategy, but you as the founder have to have your own branding as well. You are leaving a lot on the table if you don't consider how your personal brand story fits into the brand story. Number five, don't forget about yourself. Doing so creates opportunities for longevity. Number six, if you're not willing to be seen, you may not even know the impact that you could make by taking that very uncomfortable step of putting yourself out there. Number seven, ask three to five people in your life, what is my unique intrinsic value? That reflection from people who love you gives you a boost of confidence and a sense of empowerment that's illuminating. Number eight, your content needs to come from your heart. 
it will get a better response than when it comes from when it comes from your heart, not from your agenda. Number nine, your vibe attracts your tribe. I love this and I've heard Jessica say this so many times. Who you are attracts the right people back to you and your community. Number 10, creating a business where you are not part of everything takes risk and investment, but it is imperative in order to grow. Number 11, people want you to win. You need to find the people who have your back, will lift you up, call you out and support you. When you have this, you just won't fail. I cannot thank Jessica Zweig enough for being here today and for you for being here and listening to today's episode of Dear Founder. Again, if you like what you're hearing, please make sure to take out your phone and click that five-star rating or leave a review so that others can find us. We have some incredible guests coming up, so please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen. That way, you'll never miss a new episode. If you know someone who wants to start their own business like Jessica or who started a business or who has an amazing idea for a business, please text them this episode or post it on your Instagram. Make sure to tag me and I'll reshare some of those to say thank you. Thanks again for tuning in and make sure you tune in for another episode of Dear Found Her coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday.